0: You're listening to a Central Church podcast. down their life not just for their friends but for strangers. you know we have this great beautiful country. Jesus though he said that he laid down his life for his sheep which means this it means that every single one of you are friends of Jesus. every single person is a friend of Jesus. And He laid down His life for us. And that's why we sing. That's why we're happy in His presence. Because just like we can experience freedom for the servicemen and women in the past, right? And present. We have freedom. Freedom from sin. You know, freedom from anxiety. uh, Freedom from fear. Right? Nothing gets us down because we have Jesus, right? That's it, because He laid down His life for us. Amen. Do you believe it? Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you grab a seat this morning? And uh, I want to introduce to you uh, one of my best friends today. Um, It's an honour and privilege uh, to have Pastor Darren uh, here with us. And uh, we have uh, his wife, uh, Beck, and uh, son, Micah. Can you guys say hello to and Micah, who has like best friends? Anyone? Three people, fantastic, right? This morning, I want to introduce to you one of my best friends, um, Darren, and I. We grew up at the same church. We got saved in the same church in, in Mackay, and uh, you know, known the f- we've known our family. Our families have known each other since we were in school, and um, you know, we've done life together. And uh, Darren and uh, Beck, uh, you know, God has used them in so many ways over these uh, uh, throughout their life since since they became Christians. And uh, it's just been uh, awesome to watch, you know, a friend be used by God and uh, things like that. The reason that I got Darren in this morning is because there's, a, there's few people that uh, inspire you for, for, for different things. Whenever I hear this guy preach, I've always, been one of my best friends... He inspires me to love people more, to see people saved, and also to get closer to Jesus. Every time he speaks, I'm inspired to see people, one, for Jesus, and that I just need to be closer to God. And my prayer this morning is that all of us here will leave this leave this weekend. Uh, you know, Pastor Dan pre- I preached at Youth on Friday, and uh, just a move of the Holy Spirit happened. It was so, so cool today he's going to preach at both of our locations and tonight we're going to pray and and, uh, Darren's going to pray for us and believe that God's going to move but my prayer is that we would all leave here inspired just a little bit more to see people one for Jesus and that we need to be closer to Jesus and that's my prayer this morning and uh, Darren and Beck they pastor a great church called uh, Reach Church in uh, Maryborough and uh, they took it over two years ago 35 people big Uh, Now they see over 200 people every Sunday in their church. They've seen so many people, one for Jesus. They've seen healings. They've seen miracles. And uh, I'm praying that this morning that we see salvation and we see miracles in our church this weekend. And so it's just an honor to have you with with, with us, Pastor Darren. And uh, Kat and I love you and your family. And I'm excited about what you're going to bring this morning. So can you please welcome Pastor Darren as he comes? (laughs) What's up, Centro? I want to tell you just a couple,
1: just a really quick thing. If I preach better when you shout back at me, that's as simple as that. I'm Pentecostal to the core. And if you shout back, if you tell me I'm doing good, I'm just going to feed off that. I'm going to preach hard. I'm going to do a better job for you. Is that okay? So if you want the preacher to preach good, you need to be preaching back at me this morning. Is that cool? And uh, so and we unapologetically are Pentecostal, Holy Spirit, Bible-believing Christians, aren't we? You know what? So we, um, I, I've, 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 I've. Fun, one of the fundamental beliefs in my life is: you can't shout in the house of God, you'll never whisper in the ear of a sinner. If you can't be free within the confines of these four walls, then I want to tell you something: then you'll never do it outside this wall. And this morning, so I, 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 like Pastor Tim said, um, then is there's a freedom in the house this morning as we were worshiping God, I just felt. People, I feel like I'm at home. Is that cool? Is, is it alright if I just be a little bit vulnerable with you this morning? Is it okay that I just be myself up here? I, I don't want to put a show on for anyone. I just want to be Darren Hayhoe up here the way God's called me to be because that's is that that's the cool thing about relationship with Jesus. That we get to be ourselves, not somebody else. Amen? And I think that the, the issue we have in the church over the last... 50, 60 years and everyone's trying to be like somebody else. And, uh, but God's calling us to be ourselves, and in that we find a freedom that we can worship God the way we worship God. We can, we can, do, we can do our life with God and then there's, there's just a break out and a break free. And I want to tell you something, I'm so glad I have friends like Pastor Tim and Kat in my life because they've allowed me to be me and they love me because I'm me. Pastor Tim's never come to me and says, Dad, look, we, I, I can be a friend with you if you change a few things. Who's know that's not real true friendship? True friendship isn't based upon if, whether or not you fit a mold. I actually like Tim because he's different than me. I'd get really bored if I just hung out with people like me all the time. I would go crazy. I, I'd, I'd probably fight myself a lot, you know, because I'd frustrate myself. But this morning, I want to thank Pastor Tim and Kat. Thank you so much. It is an honour. Uh, I, I want to tell you, like Pastor Tim said, we've been on the journey together. We've watched each other in ministry since we were teenagers, um, doing what God's called us to do. And I want to tell you something. You guys don't realise how good you got it. You have an amazing man and woman uh, in the leadership of your church. Give them honour today. And I, I just want to say to a mate, Tim, it is a privilege and an honour and a real special thing for me to be up here preaching at your pulpit, bro, and um, I'm super proud of you and Kat and everything that you've done, And but I, know, I, I, know, I just want to prophesy that the best is yet to come. Uh, I really believe, I know that this this amazing church has phenomenal, phenomenal history. Like it would be daunting to take the pulpit from Pastor John. Come on. <laughs> It would be a daunting thing. I've heard the man preach. I've seen the way he holds himself, you know, 26 years as a senior pastor. Hey, Tim, your it. But Pastor Tim is the man for the job. He has got a call of God on his life. He's one of the best teachers of and orators of the word I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. So you guys are blessed this season. Hello? Siri's just telling me that my time is almost up. And, uh... But this morning, I want to be myself. I want to come to you with uh, a a really raw word. Is that cool? Um, This is how I preach. This morning, if you're taking notes, if you're a note taker, if you are, that means you're a Christian. But uh, if you take notes, the title of my message, the theme that I want to preach is Uncommon Faith. Uncommon Faith. I'm preaching this word for a couple of reasons. One, Pastor Tim is an uncommon leader. Me and Tim, we never meant to do what we do today. No one would have ever looked at myself and Tim when we were teenagers and said, that is going to be a man of God. It's uncommon choice. And I love that. I love being the underdog. I just want to, I want to tell you, I, I love people underestimating what God is able to do through people that just say yes. Come on, somebody. And, and that's where uncommon comes from, is that when you allow God to do things in you that you aren't even possible, you, there's no possibility you could do it. You say, but God, if that's your word, bid me come. And I'm going to preach on that this morning, if that's okay with you, your family. So I'm going to give it both barrels. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to worry about your feelings today. Is that okay? Who's got a mum that doesn't care about their feelings? She just tells you. Or a dad, hey, you look stupid. <laughs> You're about to go out. Is there any parents in here that tell your kids, oi, change your clothes? You look silly. I want to be that. I want to be family today. So I'm going to be straight to you if that's okay. For the next half of an hour, I'm going to give it both barrels. And that's how I do things. So uh, here we go. If you got your Bible this morning, when you open up um, to the Bible to Matthew 16, and we're going to preach from verses 13 to 18, we're going to be, I'm, I'm ready for this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Man, I'm excited, but this the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here this morning, and and He wants to change people's lives. If you can't sense it, there's something going on in your life. You you need to, come on, we need to lean in today. The Spirit of God is here to do something. And increase. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 18, it says this, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's a good question. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh. I could stop there, and I could preach on on just that passage of scripture, verse seventeen. Jesus answered and said, "Blessed you are, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but by the Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you, Peter, are the rock, and I will build my church. And here it is. this is this is the linchpin of my sermon, and the gates of hell should not prevail against it." If you want to be a church that's uncommon and prevailing the gates of hell, we need to do something a little bit different than we've always done. Come on, church, you need to get with me this morning because if you expect God to do something new, stop expecting God to do something new with your old things. Your old attitude, your your old way you used to do things. God, do a fresh thing in me. God's like, well, change something and I will. See, if the church... Were to lose its hierarchy, its clergy, its vast collections of buildings, its stores of learning amassed over the centuries, even the texts of its sacred books, and had to face the world with nothing but the living presence of the risen Savior and its mission to proclaim the good news to all nations of the people, it had been no less the church of what it is today. It would be no less the church of what Peter and Paul was. Perhaps it might be more church than it is now. I told you I'm going to bring it real. Is that okay? And, and I, I'm not preaching against church. But I, I, my, my, my um, assignment today is to encourage you to be uncommon. Think uncommon. Because we have an uncommon God. I use more myself as an example. There's no way I should be here doing what I'm doing today. And if you knew me, you know that's a fact. Well, I've got my cousin David here. He knows me. Oh, David, there's another hayo in the building. I don't feel so... Like, I, feel, I feel a bit comfortable. You know, like... He's with me, you know, and, um, but it seems that by large, many local churches, and not this one, Pastor Tim, because you have an amazing church, have lost sight of what God has called them to be. Many have added teachings of men to what the Bible says. Many are nothing more than social clubs. Many have tried to mix their teachings of other religions with the teachings of the Bible. I'm serious, there's churches all over the world. Many have turned to doing every sort of good thing that a person could do except for sharing the gospel and they do good, they do-good organisations. But we're supposed to do good, Pastor Darren. I know that. Don't preach me down, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But many have quit preaching the true gospel. They've watered it down to supposedly make it more acceptable for people in the 21st century. If we don't relate to the young people, we're going to lose them. I want to tell you what is more relational than anything the power of the Holy Spirit. If your young people come into contact with the power of the Holy Ghost, they will never, ever deny a day in their life that God is real and He's the Lord of their life. Well, I, t- I want to tell you the best prayer you can pray for your youth ministry, God, is smashing with the Holy Ghost. That's the best prayer you can have. Not God, give them great programs or more money, but give them the Spirit of God. Because that is what is going to change our world. That is what is... It, it, it makes me sad that the Spirit of God is uncommon in our churches. Do you think if it makes me sad, maybe God is grieved too. He's saying, I've given you the Spirit to do these things, but you just decide to do great things for people, to be popular. But Jesus talked about a building a church upon the foundation, the belief that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said the church would be an uncommon prevailing church and I, 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 more than anything, I want the church of Jesus Christ to be an uncommon prevailing church. So first today, I wanna talk to you about uncommon Prevailing church is this is having an uncommon faith, and what what is what what is what is an uncommon prevailing church? What does that look like? A, the uncommon prevailing church shall overcome. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that the gates of hell will not overcome. An un- common prevailing church is a church that is built upon Christ and His teaching. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that's run by the Bible, not by the opinions of men. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that's overseen by men, but the head of the church is Jesus Christ. An uncommon prevailing church is a church which Satan and all his demons will work very hard to order to destroy and 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 to, to decimate it, but it will not be able to overcome it because Christ is its foundation, its cornerstone, its head. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that stands throughout the years and expands God's kingdom. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that makes a difference in people's lives. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that wins people to Christ. An uncommon prevailing church is a church that influences culture by changing people from the inside out, not the outside in. An uncommon prevailing church offends Satan deeply and causes him to rise up strongly against it. An uncommon prevailing church is not a church that simply tries to keep people happy. You have a senior pastor, and i want to say it, Pastor Tim, he loves you, but he doesn't care what you think sometimes. Because he's got a word from God, and that's what we got. He's got a word from God. You need to let him lead. You need to let the man lead. I'm a senior pastor. I know. Pastor, can I have a conversation with you? Sure. Now, what I think you should do. Is that right? God bless you. I was telling my church a couple of weeks ago, you know the old, bless your heart. You know when people say that in church because it's a thing, bless your heart. What it really means is you're an idiot. (laughs) Have a think about it, old people in church. Oh, look at these young people, bless your heart. They're going, you idiot. (laughs) So if Pastor Tim says that to you and from now on, you know exactly what he's saying to you? (laughs) Don't. An uncomfortable prevailing church doesn't try to keep its members happy and comfortable all the time. An uncommon prevailing church doesn't do a lot of whining and complaining when things don't go their own way. An uncommon prevailing church doesn't water down the gospel to make it more palatable to some of our people. An uncommon prevailing church doesn't forget its purpose and it gets sidetracked in doing good things that prevent it from expanding the kingdom of God. That's what an uncommon church. But I want to tell you, can I give you a few marks of an uncommon church and with uncommon faith? Number one mark of an uncommon faith or uncommon prevailing church is this. Number one, it's a faith that attempts the impossible. A faith that attempts the impossible. Matthew chapter fourteen, verse twenty five to twenty nine says During the fourth watch of the night of Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. What? When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. I love how Jesus talks, man. He's like, it is I. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied. He's old oh, Pete. I like Pete because he reminds me of myself. He takes his foot out of his mouth, then he speaks. And t- t- if P- Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said, that Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and come towards Jesus. This story speaks of Peter walking on the water and you may know that the next verse goes on, says, but Peter took his eyes off Jesus. Isn't it funny that we always go to the but? As... We're a negative bunch of people, aren't we, really? Yeah, he walked on the water, but. Yeah, yeah, I know that lady got healed in church, but. I know them young people had a good night at youth on Friday night, but come on, they've got a lot to work on. We, rarely, fo- we re- rarely, rarely focus on the uncommon faith that Peter had to get out of the boat in the first place. Who else got out of the boat? Who else got out of the boat, church? Nobody, because everyone was scared. They, none of them had uncommon faith except good old Pete, the son of thunder. I cut an ear off before he said, "Oh, what was this? you know, that's Pete." Man, why, why did he call him? Why did he call him the Sons of Thunder? They were rough necks, man. I love that. I love it. I grew up. I grew up hard, bro. I grew up in a lot, man. My dad would slap me as he uh, just walked past, in a uh, form of endearment was him belting me. Hey, dad, there you go. Good. <laughs> that was me. That's how I grew up. Dave knows it's true. Tim knows it's true. He met my. He met my dad. He's an awesome guy. But I want to tell you, who else got out of the boat? We rarely focus on the fact that Pete got out of the boat. Uncommon prevailing churches consist of people who are willing to attempt the impossible. Uncommon prevailing churches attempt things that only God could do. I want to tell you, I want you to get behind you, seeing your pastor. He's going to do things in this next season that aren't possible for any of you guys to do. Wait a second. He's going to do things that when God says go, he's going to go. And it's gonna make zero sense to the to the to the your psyche and your understanding. But God says, come, it is I. Uncommon providing churches don't have in their vocabulary, we can't do that. Uncommon providing churches don't stay in the boat just because our offerings can't sustain something like that. Yes. Oh, listen, I, I just touched on the holy grail, did I a little bit, of Pastor Tim Money? But if we don't have it in the budget, then we can't do it. If God calls you to do it, you do it. Simple. If God says go, you go. Come on, it's called provision. Come on, it's called provision. You need to step out before He gives you. Come on, somebody. Someone needs to hear that this morning. An uncommon prevailing church, don't stay in the boat just because it's never been done before. I know you have, like I said, the history of this amazing church is phenomenal. Seen great men and women preach the gospel and do amazing things, but the best is still yet to come. That God is going to ask this church in the next season to do things it's never done before. And you need to be an uncommon faithful church that say, you know what, God? If that's you, bid us come. Come on, somebody. Number two, the second... Mark of uncommon faith is faith to break the rules. Oh, I I love breaking rules, man. I, I get myself in trouble a lot. I get myself in trouble a lot. Matthew chapter 15, verse 22 to 28. It says this: A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, "Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me! My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession." Jesus did not answer a word. So a disciple came to him and urged him, "Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us." Verse twenty-four. He answered, "I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel." The woman came and knelt before him. "Lord, help me," she said. He replied, "It is not the right. It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs." Yes, Lord," she replied. Man, I love this, but yet the dogs even eat the crumbs from the fallen from their master's table. In verse 28, then Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted and her daughter was healed from that very hour. This woman, this woman was certainly breaking the rules and and Jesus granted her request because of her uncommon faith. The religious people around Christ wanted Jesus to send her away. She was breaking one of their rules. The rule was Jesus would only minister to the Jews and not come on. She wasn't a Jew. But she had the faith to say that even dogs get crumbs, and surely the Gentiles could even get some crumbs left over from the table of the Master. Come on. And Jesus granted her request because of her uncommon faith. What is. Jesus has been asking you to do that's uncommon that you haven't done yet because fear is too general. Or that's not really the way we do things. That's actually against the flow. It's, it's, it's not, it, I would be breaking some sort of rule if I did that. Uncommon prevailing churches do, will do whatever it takes to expand God's kingdom other than violate God's word. I need to put that in there because some of you church people are like, oh, really? If you can take it to the word and it's, it's come on, you need to do it. Come on. Uncommon-pervading churches know that even if someone won't like it, you need to do it anyway. Who's with me this morning? Is this all right? Is this okay? I don't have very much time. Hey, tonight I want to encourage you. If you don't usually come on Sunday nights, you need to get back here tonight. At, at, at the, the PM service tonight, because I'm going to be praying for people tonight. I really feel that the Holy Spirit is going to break out in this place this, um, this evening, and people are going to be touched by the power of God. If you've never sensed the power of God before, if you never had Him flow, you need to come tonight, and you need to get here. Un, uh, you need to get here early because there's not going to be enough seats up in here. Because we're going to pray. For, we're going to pray for people tonight. We're going to see God break out all over this place. And I'm preaching a message, man. I'm excited about. It's fresh. It's a new one, Pastor Tim. I'm preaching a new one, and, and, and this is. Going Gonna be cool. It's when God breaks loose. Oh, I can't wait for that. But uh, the, the 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 third the third mark of uncommon faith is this number three. Faith that knows God will see us through the storms. A faith that knows that God will see you through the storms. Mark chapter four verse thirty six to forty says, leaving the crowd behind. Some of these need to leave the crowd behind. Come on, church. Stop following the crowd. They took him along and just as he was in the boat, there was another, there was also others in the boat with him. A furious small, um, squall came out and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Everyone say swamped. You feel swamped lately? Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cruise. Man, I love Jesus. (laughs) He's asleep. And the fishermen are freaking out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? These are hardened fishermen. They've been on boats all their life. And here's Jesus. It actually says in earlier, he brought a cushion with him. He was intending to sleep. He's like, man, I'm having a rest. He brought a cushion. He's asleep in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? We have to have a faith that knows that God will get us through the storms. If Jesus is asleep on your boat, don't you think He's got it? Don't you think that if He's asleep, if, he, if Jesus is freaking out, we all need to freak out. Come on, somebody. But who knows that He's not a freak out sort of person. Come on. Jesus don't freak out. He went to a cross. He don't freak out. He's asleep on the boat and these guys are freaking out. We do that a lot in our life, don't we? We just, we, we freak out when we don't need to freak out. We're like, hey, J- Jesus called you to do it, you do it. I'm freaking out. He's asleep. Don't worry about it. It's just chill. Just do it. It's not easy. End. I, I, I get kind of, I get kind of worked up when Christian people that are called by God say, this is really hard, Darren. So what, have you read the Bible? Well, what what are you talking about? Have you read the Bible? Anyone that accomplished anything in the Word of God did it hard. But King David, do you want to talk about King David? Do you want to call Moses? Oh, you want to talk about Moses? Abraham. Oh, right, Abraham, right, yeah. Come on, somebody. You pick anyone out in the Bible, they did it hard because they were called by God. doesn't mean you get it easy. They just knew, they had a faith that if God called them, nothing else mattered. God was going to provide everything that needed to happen. It mightn't have been done in their time. Somebody needs to hear that. Just because he doesn't do it when you think he should do it doesn't mean that's not right. it's not right. Come on. He's got perfect timing. I've, I've struggled with this one, Pastor Tim. I just want to be honest. It's a bit of a counselling session, me and Tim right now. I've struggled with frustration that God's not done it right now. I'm one of them people that when it says fast food and they tell you to go and park, I get frustrated, man. Anyone else like that? is that you go to fast food through the drive through it's supposed to be quicker yes. than going into the restaurant. But you know how many times I've actually said, you know what, I'm actually going through the restaurant because it's quicker than going through the drive through yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> That's a front, when someone needs to do something about that. And then you get there and you have like an order, you have like a hash brown and a coffee. Oh, could you just go and po- are you serious? You've got an automatic coffee machine and the hash browns are already cooked. Give me one, i want to get out of here. Anyone else? Or just me? I'm getting frustrated. Could you please? No, I'm not driving over there. You're going to give me what I pay for right now. It's called fast food, not slow food. If I want slow food, I'll go to a restaurant. Come on, somebody. You frustrated with me? But in faith in God, when He calls you to do something, you need to know that's not going to work out exactly the way you want it. Actually, can I say if it works out the way you want it, probably not what God called you to do. Oh, somebody over here needs to hear that. If I reckon that if it's working out just perfectly, oh tiptoes, you're doing that. Then if God is not going to call you to do something that you're able to do on your, your by yourself. Come on, so That's what that's what it's faith. That's what faith is. This section believes that, I reckon. I reckon this section believes that if God calls you, He will equip you. It doesn't mean that He's going to do it exactly when He wants you to do it, because faith. Come on, Is the hope. Come on, somebody. You, you, need this, you need to believe it before you see it, church. You need to believe faith that knows that God will see us through the storms. The apostles were afraid that they were going to die as the storm swirled severely around them and Jesus questioned their faith. He didn't question their ability. He didn't say, well, maybe we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. He questioned their faith. See, uncommon prevailing churches don't get alarmed by the storms that hit the church, no matter how severe they appear. Uncommon prevailing churches know that God is in charge and the gates of hell will not prevail against the armies of the living God. Uncommon prevailing churches know that if someone is doing something wrong, God will remove them. Someone need to hear that today. Stop complaining and and whining about, his life's not right for Jesus. If that's right... God will sort him out. Just sit God on him and say, God, go get him. <laughs> you stop talking about him because what you would, oh, someone need to hear that. Gossip is not good. And you want to tell you something. I, I'm a pastor in the church. I love my church back there in Maribor. Man, we've got some gossips up in the house. Did you hear? Her daughter, mm, yeah, good Christian family, right, mm. Let God sort people out. Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. Let God sort them out. Say, God, you have your way. Come on, let your will be done. I'm not going to be worried about what you call, you call me out. That's what I reckon what happened with Peter. It says he's walking on water, but he took his eyes off Jesus. As soon as you start complaining and whining about someone else's walk, down. Uncommon prevailing churches consist of people who have the uncommon faith to know that God will calm the storms. Who's with me today? Yeah? I've got eight minutes. I've got eight minutes past 10. I've got eight minutes. The, the next thing I, I, I'm a bit one of the exciting preachers. Got, I could stay here for three hours. but faith that, this is the next one, a faith that will go to extraordinary lengths to accomplish God's purpose. Are you one of them people that have a faith that will go to extraordinary lengths? Luke chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 says, Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house they lay before Jesus. When they could, they could find a way to do this because of the crowd. They went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Notice the reason why the man was healed. Because of the faith of his friends. An uncommon faith. It's not common for someone to pull the tiles off the roof and lower someone to Jesus. There's a lot of people there. Too many people for them to be able to get in and their friend to Jesus in order to be healed. But they weren't going to let people, oh, they weren't going to let people keep them from doing what God had called them to do. And that was to be a friend. You've got a friend. That's a real friend. That's a true friend. says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you to the feet of Jesus. Even look stupid. They weren't going to let difficult circumstances keep them from getting their friend to Jesus. No matter how many times it takes or how much hard work it, we we can't stop, we won't stop. We know Jesus is the only thing they need. Not a relationship with people in church, although good, people's lives aren't going to be changed because they're friends with Pastor Tim. They need Jesus. They went to extraordinary lengths, getting their friend up on the roof, cutting a hole in the roof, lowering him down right in front of Jesus. And Jesus healed the man because of their faith, an uncommon faith to go to extraordinary lengths. They demonstrated their faith by doing things that weren't common. uncommon prevailing churches consist of people who are willing to get up off their pews and go to extraordinary lengths in order to accomplish God, stop blaming the pastor for the church not growing it's one of the things in the last two years that I've really pressed with our church, you want me to grow the church, you're in dire straits, you are are in trouble I don't know your family I don't know your work colleagues, I've said this to the youth the other night that non-Christian people that don't read the Bible read people that read the Bible. So maybe the people you're working with, they're just watching. Maybe they're just watching and going, well, I do want to go to church, but I'm not going to church because of you. Because you go to church and say, I don't want to go to your church because you only talk a good talk, you don't walk it.
0: Uncommon,
1: extraordinary circumstances What is God asking you to do in 2021? But can I say, these guys did not wait for Jesus to give them permission. They knew the Word. See, some of these are sitting around right now at home waiting for God to say, now. Ha! I'll tell you what, if I waited for Jesus to say, now, it will enter my room at night time and a light hallelujah, ha. If I waited for that, i would be still back in Mackay, in my sin and in my, all that yucky stuff. i would be still waiting because when I read the Bible, it says go. So I said, well, he give me permission in his word. I'm going to go. I'm not going to stop, stop waiting for a hallelujah moment. I'm just going to do what he tells me to do. I reckon that some of you guys here are waiting for God to tell you what to do, but he's waiting for you to do what he told you last time he told you to do something. Like every good parent. Hey, Michael, go do the dishes. Yes, Dad. They're not done. Guess what I ask him to do again? Go do the dishes. Three hours later. Have you done them dishes yet? Yeah, no, we want to do this. We want to go. No, you're going to do the dishes before you get the blessing. Someone needs to hear that. You need to hear that. Hey,
0: oh, oh, oh,
1: oh. straight out, God is not going to tell you to do anything new unless you do the thing he's already told you to do. That's pretty extraordinary, right? That's, that's mind-blowing, right? Yeah. No, it's not. It's just because we're pretty stupid. That's all it is. And I'm talking about myself. I mean, God's been telling me to do things for years and years. I'm like, I'm just waiting on the Lord. That's a good, another thing Christian people say. Bless your heart, church. <laughs> and the last thing, and I'm going to finish with this. A faith that has to give glory to God. Luke chapter 17, verse 12 and 19, it says, As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at the distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When they saw him, they said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Oh, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Because it's all about him. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at the feet of Jesus and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Jesus praised the faith of a man who returned to give thanks. We need to give glory to God. Your faith needs to be glorifying to God no matter what it looks like. That's what I said. You need to know your word, man. Get in your word. B- b- devour it like I mean, I love the word of God. It just comes alive. If you know your word, you know that it has to be given glory to God. If you believe oh, I'm called to do this, is that gonna get God glory? No, don't do it. Don't do it unless God's gonna get the glory, unless God's gonna get the thanks. You know that's why I have I have a pretty big issue with rock star pastors. Look at me, everyone, follow me. That's not what the Bible says. It says follow Jesus. If it's not going to give glory to God, see today I, I, I had an assignment. I had an assignment this morning to say this. If you want to be an uncommon prevailing church, which I know you are and your family, I know that. I know your pastor really well. His desire for this church to have no limits. The people in this church need to believe it with everything in their heart. They need to have a faith that's so uncommon that even the churches around you would go, I like that. Would you stand with me today and can we pray? Pastor Tim, is that good? Is that all right? Hallelujah. Was that okay? Was that all right, church? Let me encourage you. Like I said, I'm running off and I'm looking forward to preaching this message over at Collinwood Park with your other family over there. But tonight, everyone say "Tonight." tonight. You need to come back. But Darren, I'm tired. Don't make me come to your house and grab you and pull you out. I'm tired. you don't even know where I live. Pastor Tim has got the database. I'll find out. (laughs) Come back tonight. God's going to do amazing things. The Spirit of God's going to break out in this place. and We're going to see God do amazing things. When God gets loose, all things are possible. Let me pray for you, church. Father, we thank You. And in this moment, as we reflect on our faith, our prayer is this. God let our faith deepen not faith in people, faith in programs but faith in the person of Jesus and Lord God I pray I pray a blessing over this place I I declare this church an uncommon prevailing church the gates of hell should not prevail against the armies of the living God Father let people rise and let people know that they're called for such a time as this and we give you praise honor and thanks for that in jesus mighty and precious name amen thank you so much church you're phenomenal
0: thank you for listening to this podcast